All right, of all the good things that are happening with Illinois basketball, here's another one. Scott Ritchie, our basketball beat writer, is also a voting member of the Associated Press All-American panel. Two Illini on that All-American team? I think it's reasonable to suspect that both Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn are going to be among the country's top 15 players by the end of the season. And if I had to send my ballot in right now, they'd both be on it. All right, Richie will explain that. He'll talk about the Wisconsin beatdown, and he'll preview, well, we don't know what games are up next for Illinois. This week's podcast, Inside Illini Basketball. Come back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Pia Sports Bar and Grill presents Inside Illini Basketball. Pia Sports Bar is the number one Illini sports enthusiast bar in Champaign, hosting bus shuttles to all Illini basketball home games, serving up the best wings, beers, never-ending nachos, and mouth-watering burgers. Come visit Pia Sports Bar and Grill and try our famous Grand Slam burger while watching your favorite game. Pia Sports Bar and Grill is located at 1609 West Springfield Avenue in Champaign. Come be a part of the party at Pia's. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Good Monday morning, 1124 in the News Gazette Media Center. Scott Ritchie just creeping into the podcast booth. Busier than a bee. Right? Yeah, and we're a little delayed today just because the AP Top 25 didn't come out right at 11 like it normally does. Um, But I suppose for Illinois fans, uh, it was worth the wait. Elma climbed six more spots to number six in uh, the AP Top 25. First time they've been that high, uh, at least in the top ten, um, since early December. And uh, they're kind of on a roll. You know, Four wins in a row, eight of their last ten, and uh, being rewarded for it uh, with a spot in the top ten. All right, Scott Ritchie's a voter, an AP Top 25 voter. He had Illinois number one this week. <laughs> uh, if I had Illinois number one this week... Uh, and the AP would have sent someone to it would have censored my house you. would be like, uh, is everything okay? <laughs> Did you suffer some traumatic brain injury? No, Gonzaga's still number one. Okay, just uh, clearing that up. I had Illinois number six right where they right. landed. And I, I kind of figured that would be the spot. Uh, I mean, I, like Io DeSumo, I kind of called my shot on Twitter uh, earlier this morning and said that's likely where Illinois would wind up, and mostly because there were a, a bunch of you know, last week's top ten teams that lost um, in the past week, and, and that included you know Texas losing twice, um, Iowa losing twice. So there was room for Illinois to move up, and you know they got the wins they needed to 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 do so. All right, I'm Jim Rosso, vice president of news, a basketball beat writer. When uh, Illinois was routinely number six, I don't want to take away some of your joy, Scott Ritchie, but that's just the facts. All right. Yep, that that one season. 
I will delve into where Scott messed up this week in his ballot, and there are some spots. No surprises um, there. But we'll also uh, we'll also congratulate young Mr. Ritchie for his outstanding work on the beat and uh, taking the taking things serious about polls and uh, AP All American teams, which Scott has a vote in, and uh, those of course aren't due for a long time. But all of a sudden, there's scuttlebutt Scott Ritchie that. Not just one Illini might make All-American, but two. Yeah, and for a good reason. You know, Kofi Coburn, uh, who would be the second, because I would assume he's sort of been in the running all season long. I mean, he's a preseason first-team All-American, so any All-American conversation has included him all season. But you know, Kofi has forced his way you know, into those discussions, and he is playing... I mean, the best basketball of his, you know, obviously still rather short, you know, college career, um, but you know, leads the nation in double doubles, um, shooting an incredible percentage. He's just, you know, hyper efficient, 70% plus, um, as Wisconsin found out as he had eight dunks. I mean, he's getting the, the highest of high percentage shots and he's making them. So yeah, uh, I will, not be surprised if there are two Illini in the mix when the All-American mm-hmm. teams come out. And just it's, it's more than five players. Every voter votes for three five-player teams. So first team, second team, third team, All-American. Kofi's going to be somewhere in that mix. 15-player list that Scott Ritchie will uh, turn in. Is that after the regular season or after the tournament? It's after the regular season, okay. which... <clears throat> Maybe this is the way it's always been done, but there are times where it'd be like maybe some votes would have changed sure. after after a tournament run. I just remember maybe the most recently it was that it was maybe the national player of the year battle between Denzel Valentine and Buddy Heald, and Buddy Heald was the one that went on the mm-hmm. the monster run in the tournament. So he probably would have picked up some more votes you know, had you know that been taken into account. So, I mean, I have some time to kind of figure out where I stand, uh, but uh, not really. The end of the season's coming up rather quickly. Right, we're a month away, and I'm I'm going to put you on the spot now, Scott Ritchie. No, well, that's not a surprise. Right, and if you were to turn in your your first team ballot, your five guy ballot, who might be on that list? Well, good thing I've thought about this previously and um actually to start the new year one of the 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 first good morning Illini nation of 2021 was a look at the 15 players that i would have voted for um that list mostly holds up but there there have been some changes even in the last you know month and eight days Um, but first team uh from illinois Definitely on it, and I don't know, maybe might have locked up his spot Saturday against Wisconsin with a triple-double. Just kind of showed how truly dominant he can be in several phases. Um, So he's on the list. Uh, Joining him on that first team, uh, another player from the Big Ten, is Luca Garza. He's Here's where we're going to diverge from the All-American discussion for a minute. Uh, Obviously, I mean, he's still playing well, but he's not 
playing as well as he has been. And I think the conversation through much of the season has been, well, Luke Garza is pretty much just a lock for Big Ten Player of the Year, maybe a lock for National Player of the Year. Um, not so much, I don't think. Um, he has looked human a little bit over this last stretch where uh, you know Iowa has also lost a lot of games. I mean, they lost four of the last five. Um, so Iowa Sumu, uh just as good a candidate for Big Ten Player of the Year, uh, which puts him, I think, in the running for National Player of the Year honors as well. Uh, we can get back to that, but Luka Garza is still playing at an All-American level. I mean, he's still really good at basketball. Um, third player on that first team, Jared Butler from Baylor. He's their point guard. I mean, his, like, individual stats, scoring, rebounding, assists, whatever, I mean, they don't maybe pop as much as Io's, but uh, he's doing it maybe in a little more efficient manner. Um, and he's the best player on the number two team in the country. The number one team in the country is probably going to have three All-Americans uh, between Drew Timmy, Jalen Suggs, and you know the guy that I think I would put on the first team out of that group, Corey Kispert. He's averaging just shy of 20 points a game, about five rebounds. Uh, here's the, the kicker, shooting 57% from the field, 48% from three-point range, and uh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and round this up, 90% at the free-throw line. So he's a 50-40-90 guy. Uh, that's ridiculous from a shooting-slash-perspective. So he gets the nod. Then the fifth at the time, January 1st, had your favorite player, Ron Harper Jr., on that list. Because at that time, he was putting up just ridiculous numbers. Rutgers was winning. Um, they since lost six games in a row. His numbers dropped. They're back. They've won four in a row. They're back in the AP Top 25 this week. But uh, he's not maybe a first-team All-American anymore. And that opens the door for a number of candidates. The Gonzaga, the other two Gonzaga players, Jalen Suggs, Drew Timmy, will nope. be in that. Move on. No, you don't like that. How about your your other favorite player, Marcus Carr? Uh, no, <laughs> no, he, nope. he he's nope. dropped a little bit as well. Um, it's Kofi right now. I'm sorry to break it to you, Scott Ritchie. Cade Cunningham, Oklahoma State, number one pick in the the draft. Right, means nothing to me. No. Shot five of twenty-two over the weekend. I know he hit a couple big shots, but five of twenty-two. Not overly efficient, no. <laughs> but he's going to get some votes just because. All right, he's still the number one pick. But you're all you're aboard the Kofi train. Yeah, I am. And I'm trying to get you to join me right now. He's a he's a candidate. I don't. I mean, I think there's four locks, and then that fifth right. could be anybody. Well, there's time, and uh, not many schools, of course, have two All-Americans uh, on the same roster. That, uh, that bodes well, I would think, for a Big Ten race that suddenly has become Illinois' to win. I know you're going to go all Michigan on me. Well, you're just... going to say Ohio State is really good. There's one of your errors in your top 25 ballot. Somehow the Buckeyes are up to number three. They were number three on my ballot, and... Would you believe it? They were 
Number four when the poll dropped. So Others following your wrongful lead, apparently. <laughs> uh, I mean, meanwhile, Ohio State has won seven of its last eight games, and that includes wins against Illinois, Wisconsin, and Iowa. So, I don't know, that's pretty good. And Rutgers, but that was back when they weren't ranked, but they're ranked again. You're still not convincing me, Scott Ritchie. Uh, well, I mean, they're good, but I mean the whole. I mean the Michigan situation just kind of throws a, a wrench into the problem because they haven't played for two weeks. They're right. Not going to play this week against Illinois on Thursday. That game's been postponed. Uh, the plan, I suppose, is for them. I mean, as things stand now, to play. So what would it be on Sunday against Wisconsin? They've got uh, not only rust that they have to fend off, but they've got the kind of the meat of their schedule coming up too. So uh, I see tough times coming for Michigan, at least uh, out of the gate. So maybe Ohio State does uh, represent the stiffest challenge for Illinois. But still, Illinois' uh, bid for a Big Ten title the first in a long, long time is looking uh, pretty good. Yeah, and even better if – I would assume when Kofi Coburn played like they did Saturday afternoon against Wisconsin, where they proved that they were two of the best players in the country. Yeah, obviously, Ohio called a shot, messed around, got a triple-double. And then, I mean, it wasn't lost because everyone saw it happen, but you know, the triple-double sort of overshadowed another just beatdown from Kofi Coburn you know, down low. You know, 23 points, 14 rebounds. It was his 13th double-double to put him in the top spot again nationally. I mean, that game, those two performances was sort of like when Io and then Kofi made their decisions on back-to-back days over the summer that they were coming back. Like, that was what I think was the the result Elmore was maybe hoping for. It was like, those two are going to have shown that they can carry this team uh, to... I mean, obviously, back in the top ten. All right, Kofi had eight dunks. Go to uh, newsgazette.com. Click on videos. Anthony Zillis of the News Gazette did a clever uh, summation of those eight dunks. Uh, synced it with Brian Barnhart's call, Doug Altenberger's call. Barnhart running, odd, running out of ways to describe the dunks after a while. He called it the dunkometer. Yeah, well, I mean, there are eight of them. And that's, I mean, dunking has become more common at Illinois when, since Kofi Coburn showed up, but, like, eight dunks was, like, a season's worth in the John Gross era. Like, they just didn't have guys that really played above the rim that much. That, that's why every dunk was sort of a, a moment, whether it was you know, Malcolm Hill or uh, Michael Finke, Maverick Morgan. I mean, it just that didn't happen very often. Now, now, I mean, you don't want to be, be blasé about it, but Kofi just has decided he's going to dunk all the time. And I asked him sort of what got him thinking. It was like, okay, maybe try to dunk everything. And he said that uh, after Trace Jackson Davis dunked on him on Tuesday night um, in Bloomington, uh, he took that personally. I mean, he got Trace back in that game, and then now he you know, he dunked on Wisconsin eight different times. All right. Uh, he's kind of a two-handed guy when it comes to dunks. Would you take him to, in a team dunk contest? Or is there somebody else on Brad Underwood's squad that might show him up in the with some originality, maybe? 
Well, Kofi's a two-game or two-hand in-game dunker. I've seen him throw down some rather impressive dunks you know, during warm-ups, where you know he he'll bust out a windmill. Uh, kind of, and this struck me uh, when I was in at Indiana on Tuesday or last Tuesday. Underrated dunker for the Illini is Jermaine Hamlin because he hit this. 180 double pump reverse dunk during warmups, and because that was after Georgie hit a windmill, Kofi hit a windmill. Then here comes Jermaine. It was like, well, okay, well, he's just gonna dunk it. Then he ripped ripped off a pretty impressive one. Um, it's mostly you know the big men like Illinois guards can dunk. I mean, Io had that dunk in the Iowa game that was rather impressive. Um, like I mean, Demonte can dunk, but he's not really a high flyer. Trent can get up and dunk, but he doesn't really do it in games. Probably not a bad thing to not do. Yeah, Jacob Brandison can dunk, but they're more. It's more situational dunking for the Illinois team, and they'll dunk a lot, but it's not going to be like maybe highlight reel worthy. All right, uh, the Indiana game was. Um Good in many ways. Uh, you said there were some fans there. Kind of a weird setting. Um, yeah, a they few. didn't make no much difference. Okay, uh, but yeah, that was just I don't know. I mean, I didn't count. I mean, I could have counted them because there were few enough that it wouldn't have taken that long. I just didn't really want to. Um, it's just maybe fifty. Indiana with a big win over Iowa over the weekend, so uh, they're back in the tournament talk. At least Iowa out of the Big Ten race for sure. Things are going south. Well, it's for the Hawkeyes who pretty, can't pretty standard who can't defend and uh, are having trouble getting open. In the games I've watched the Ohio State game was the second half particularly was um, was riveting in the way Ohio State played and how locked up Iowa looked. Yeah, and, I mean Iowa's been playing without. I suppose it's most efficient shooter in C.J. Frederick, but they still got guys that can that can shoot, that can get buckets. But like Jordan Bohannon has not been very good. Uh, Trent Frazier locked him up. Yeah, well, I guess what week and a half ago at this point. Um, but yeah, it's sort of the typical February fade in the Fran McCaffrey era. I mean, when he's had good teams, like they just hit a patch like this where. It just doesn't happen, and the fact that their defense is ranked outside the top 120 in the country doesn't help them any. I mean, they've got the most efficient offense in the nation out of the 357 Division One teams. Of course, a dozen or so of those aren't playing this year, but uh, number one de- offense, number 121 defense. So that, that's I mean, it's cliche, you know, defense wins championships, but, you know, the teams that have won titles over the last 10 years have all had, like, top, at least top 20 defenses. All right, uh, Illinois was supposed to play Michigan, as Scott said, not happening Thursday. Uh, how many made-up games are are hanging out there for the Illini right now? And I'd like to get, like to get your thoughts on uh, what do you think the Big Ten does if, say, Michigan can't get close to finishing all their games. Illinois has now three games it has to reschedule. Uh, Nebraska, Michigan State, and now Michigan. Uh, Nebraska and Michigan State are at least back playing, so there's you know 
the Big Ten was waiting to reschedule their postponed games until they got back on the court because it made no sense to reschedule it if they weren't going to you know, return right away. Um, Michigan will be back in action, I guess, on Sunday, so that it'll help get that get rescheduled. But I don't know how or when the Big Ten is going to get all these games made up. Yeah, because Michigan will have missed five games. Nebraska had at least six that it would have to reschedule. Michigan State had a handful, uh, and we're kind of running out of time to get it done. Um, Brett Underwood sort of talked about how maybe a Big Ten champion would be crowned this year when not every team will play the same number of games because it's not going to happen. I know not every team is going to get those 20 games. I just don't think it'll be possible just with the – a month really to go in the regular season. Um, and Brett Irwin wasn't sure exactly you know, how the Big Ten would handle that. Um, but there's going to be some disparity, obviously, in the number of games and how that affects winning percentages. I mean, the best thing for Illinois is just, you know, to win the rest of them. Just do what they can do uh, and let the chips kind of fall where they may and you know, kind of hope that Michigan, as it comes back off of this, what will be a nearly three-week pause, you know, has uh, has little little struggles and you know drops a game or two. And Michigan's probably hoping they get some of their games rescheduled because they lost out on some quote unquote easier ones in the Big Ten. All right, uh, Scott Ritchie, every morning six a.m. lineahq dot com. Uh, great stuff. Tomorrow you'll you'll break down your top twenty-five. I always look forward to that. Saw you going all triple double on me earlier. Monday was it? Today or Sunday? Sunday. One of those days. All of I'm the in triple doubles. All of the triple doubles in the the country this year. Yeah, and uh, Iowa certainly ranks up there just because the level of competition. He and in terms of overall production. Uh, the opponent, yeah, it's I. It'd be, it'd be a hard argument to make that it's not the most impressive triple double of the season. Love to catch up with Sergio McLean. He was the most recent triple double against Michigan in what two thousand one. I think. Serge had a uh, still around the community. Had a son playing at Urbana for a stretch. Always good to talk to Serge. Frank Williams. Marcus Griffin. The Peoria guys. That era. I mean, it's funny. Io's triple-double, it was the third in Illinois program history. Also the first not by a guy from Peoria. Because uh, Mark Smith in 1979, uh, who was uh, Richwood's guy, I think. As I you know, tried to figure out which high school he went to off the top of my head. Uh, so, yeah, the first two triple-doubles were both Peoria guys in Illinois program history. All right, uh, some recruiting news. A big weekend for Luke Goody. Had a clutch game winner that got some national love. Yeah, I think he wound up number one on Sports Center's top ten. I didn't see it, but I saw someone tweet about that. It okay. was a, it's a tough shot to make. Uh, got the inbound in the corner and sort of a fadeaway, falling out of bounds, hit a three. I mean, the game would have gone to overtime. I mean, it wasn't they weren't going to lose if he didn't make the shot, but still it's Clutch and you know, Homestead High School over there in Fort Wayne. 
still undefeated. Where? Uh, Fort Wayne. Okay. Now, still undefeated and uh, in 19 and 0. Lou Goody's having a great senior season, and you know they've got state title aspirations, and they've beaten some of the other top teams in Indiana. So the, it's not unreasonable to think that they're gonna gonna get that. All right, Scott Ritchie handles our all-state basketball team for the News Gazette too, or at least helps with it with Colin Likas. Oh, no, I I do it right. It'd be interesting though this year. Do you pick a player of the year, and who's it gonna be? got a short season to deal with i mean once the high school basketball season started i don't know i started thinking about that i was like what am i gonna do with the Mm all-state team um maybe you don't do one i don't know that that'll be my decision to make but uh early contender for player of the year um i think he's maybe only played one game so far uh, as max christie at rolling meadows he had I think the first game he had like 25 points, 14 rebounds, six blocks or something ridiculous like that. Uh, I mean, obviously he's been really good in his high school career. He's going to Michigan State. Um, Rolling Meadows as a team has not had as much success, but they've, I don't know, I guess it's sort of all been building to this year. They've got a a lot of seniors on that team, including uh, Max Christie. And his younger brother, Cam, is a D1 prospect as well. I think he's a sophomore sophomore. so, I mean, there's no you know, state title to play for, obviously, because that's not going to happen. But they could have a good season, and he'd be a, a logical candidate to win. All right. Uh, that season is underway. Good luck to all the teams getting their games in. Let's wrap this thing up. Give me your power poll, your weekly power poll. I'm interested to see who number three is. Yeah, me too, because I don't think I've decided yet. Uh, but well, number one. Like five seconds. Iota Sumo. Okay. Uh, triple double. Number two, Kofi Coburn. It's pretty straightforward as to why he would make it. Uh, also been very good. And then number three. I mean, it's. I mean, Trent Frazier's been in that, that spot. He was a little less efficient um, against Wisconsin. You're going to let one game. But you didn't let me finish. I think it's probably still Trent. Okay. Just because there's no one that maybe has usurped him in that, that role. Excuse me? Yeah. Look it up. All right, Scott Rich, I appreciate all the knowledge again this week. Don't know what you'll be doing this week. Well, I mean, Brett Underwood on Saturday after the Wisconsin game felt pretty confident that the Big Ten was going to you know, alter its schedule and they'd get a game before they play uh, Northwestern on the 16th. So maybe they do. Uh, I would be fine with that. But so would I. I don't know. It's, I'll probably find out like the day before it happens. But. You're not being sought out uh, by the coaches to see your opinion. To no, see I don't. The big 10 hasn't reached you. out either. Okay. Um, but at this point, I just tell them, you know, if you, you want to play a game, I'll be there. Because they do that with Ed Bond, our producer. They he is part of the decision making matrix there. And uh, well, he should be. He's, he's been around his, longer than his I immense have. talents. All right, Scott Rich, appreciate uh, your time. We will talk to you next Monday.